Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, April 25th. And through Mark's magic of technology, I am not here. (laughs) It's so great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for figuring this all out. You know, it was pre-pandemic that Mark figured out how we could do the show remotely. And I'm so lucky that I work with someone who is that smart and that prepared. I doubt we'll ever go back into a studio, Mark. What do you think? Those days are over. It's over, but we should, but, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't see. The problem is that I got, you know, you get used to all these different things, but now I actually have to make the, the, trek down to see you and the golden child, Theo. And we just saw each other last week. We've seen each other twice this this month, yeah? That's right. And I'll do it again in May because there's going to be a wedding. And then also Jackie wants to see Theo. So we're going to do a separate trip. Okay. So this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. And we do that by answering your financial questions. It's very easy to do. All you need to do, go to our website, jillonmoney.com, and then you click on the Contact Us button. And of course, let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. That is what Julie did. Julie's on the line from Minneapolis. Hello, Julie. How can we help you today? Hi, Jill. Yeah, I just, I've been listening to your program for a really long time. And my favorite ones are the sessions when people are asking uh, for your advice and input. Am I ready for, you know, retirement or am I in a good position? So I finally, New Year, I said, I'm going to write in and see if I can get on the program. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of background about myself. I have two uh, younger kids getting ready for college. Uh, I'm turning 50 in June. I very much just want to understand if I'm on track, if from your vantage point, to do all the things I'm probably going to have to do in the next couple of years on the way to uh, retirement. All right. So, Julie, you said you have two younger kids who are getting ready for college. What are the ages of those younger kids? I have a senior in high school, so he will literally go this summer. Mm -hmm. And then I have a freshman in high school. 
is the senior in high school going to uh, state school, going to private school? What's going on with that? Yeah, he is actually going to, it is a local um, private school, but he did a really nice job and his, his, he's gotten some academic scholarships that put him in line with the state school. So oh, great! I, I know. And I told my daughter, she needs to do the same or at least be within that range. And we've kind of laid that out in terms mm-hmm. of what we think that cost will be. They could surprise us, right? Something could change, but I've got a general state school mindset. And have you put money away for the senior in high school for college? Yes. Okay. And so tell us about that. Let's just, since we're starting with them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I put away. So I think that the overall cost for each of them, and I might be a little bit on the high side, Mm -hmm. just what I know from, from here is call it, it's called a hundred thousand, 125 all in per year. Okay. Okay. I've put in over the, over the years, we've got 43,000 and a 529 for my senior. We got a 33,000 in for my uh, freshman. We stopped contributing a bit to that because we started to look at different ways that we would have cash to pay for that. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily have to be, you know, in the 529. You so, just, can I just go I, back one second? Because yeah. you said the cost is a hundred to a hundred twenty-five thousand per year. I'm sorry, total per okay. for all four. Thank you. Thank you. I had a small nervous breakdown in that moment. The forty-three and the thirty-three is the only thing specifically earmarked yep. for the five twenty-nines. Okay, yep. I got it. Great. Um, you said you're going to be 50 in June. Do you have a spouse? I do. And how old is that spouse? 51. Are you both working? We are. Tell us a little bit about that. Together, our annual salary is about 300000 mm. We're saving about 10% a year. We do more when, than we can, mm-hmm. when we can. In the money that we have um, outside of the 529s, we have $1.3 million in a brokerage account. Of that, there's 400000 in cash, which is wow. part of what we had. There's a lot of discussion about that cash, but I can tell you that for sure we look at that as part of the contribution to college. We've got $1.6 million in a traditional IRA. We have 15000 in a Roth. I have 80000 in company RSUs that you know they vest over time, obviously. So it's accessible, accessible in a sequence of years. We have about 500000 on our mortgage. Right now, I'm estimating that today, before college, our costs are about $12,000 a month. Okay, great. How much is the house worth? Uh, well, depending on today. Today. Today, they would tell me it's between $900,000 and a million. And, and the mortgage, what's the rate on the mortgage? Um, we just refinanced, so it's really low. We're really fortunate. It's about 2.3. Oh, my God. But wait a second. Is it a 15-year? No, seven-year arm. Oh, yeah. Are you planning to stay beyond seven years? It's a good question. And we'll probably have to cross that bridge when we come to it. We have relocated, I would say, eight to nine times in the last, call it 20 years for work. Yes. Whose work? Who relocates? Mine. Mine. Yeah. Now with that, we've always done an arm. Right. And now when yeah, we, moved, of we moved to Minneapolis, we decided we're going to stay here. So we, we're, we're here for to get our kids through high school and hopefully through college. And so I think we've gotten really comfortable with the arm, knowing when we'd have to jump in and make adjustments versus, you know, when it ends, does the rate still somewhat advantageous depending on the market? You like this house? Yeah. Ideally, you might say, 
all right, our freshmen in high school, yep. in seven years, you basically yeah. are, they're both done with college. You yes. could move, maybe yes. you won't move, but you're flexible one Very. way or the other. Yes. All right. Do either of you have pension benefits? He does, but they're horrible. So it's just, <laughs> we, we just, it's just not even worth discussing. Okay. 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 So of the brokerage account, I guess what I'm wondering is this. You've got money in cash, right? The senior in high school, we're a little short on the funding, right? You need another, let's say, 60 grand or so that needs to go in there. So I guess my question is, since you have cash in your brokerage account, shouldn't we just dump it into the 529, even if it just sits in the uh, fixed account in the 529, even if that's the case? Wouldn't it be a better tax environment to have the money in there earning some interest, but also not being taxed on that interest? So we've talked about that and we've said it probably could go either way, right? We could put it in there or that could be the first that we pay. But even, you know even, I mean. but even so you also then have with the freshmen, why not? I don't get why not. We shouldn't just put some money into the 529s only because like tax free is better than taxable. Yeah. I mean that cash, you know, it's, it's accessible to me at any time. I think the right. real question we've basically said is what should we keep that's just because right now with everything that's happened with rates, we're not mm. earning a dime. So right. that's a separate conversation. Sure. But should we dump it in something else? Like, you know, I'm a very big van. We're very, we're Vanguard mm-hmm. pretty much a hundred percent. Should mm-hmm. I be putting more of it in there, but still keep some of this just to pay for that? Are you uh, in the, are, let me ask you a question. Yeah. The 529 plan, yeah. are you in a Minnesota plan or some other plan? I went through Vanguard and for some crazy reason, it set me up. Whatever program they have takes you through the state of Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Utah is a great okay. plan. Okay. It gets a gold rating from Morningstar, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. It's strange, though, because the Minnesota plan does have a state income tax deduction. Oh. Well, so what I do for that is every year I put in $1,500. That's the max you can put in in Minnesota oh. per child. And I so that we have been doing. It's not as if we completely cut it off. It's I see. It's to your point. Do I completely fill that bucket up there or do I just pay out of cash and use this, let it run its course and when, or, or, or however that may look? I know, but it's so weird because I'm just, okay, for example, I'm in, I'm in the Utah plan right now, okay? And the stable value fund, I get that it doesn't earn a ton, but it earns like uh, on an annual basis, one and a half percent with no tax. So if you're having some, I mean, you don't need $400,000 in cash, cash, right? Let's put that aside for a second, okay? So now, how are you guys contributing to retirement? Because you guys don't have a 401k or had you rolled something over? Like, how did this whole, where's all this money coming from? And what about current retirement savings? Yep. So currently, we're saving about 10%. And those are going into our current 401ks or So that 10%, so the saving of 10% a year is your 401k contributions? Yes, I should have been more clear. Okay, okay. So those contributions, are those in Roth or traditional? I know mine are traditional. My husband's in like a 520s. I don't know those. He's in the public. He's in the public. Oh, he's probably in a 457 plan. Yeah, something. I bet it's traditional. Okay. So, um, So you guys are putting this money away. And then is there any money beyond your contributions to your retirement accounts that you're saving? Because you do have a ton of money in the brokerage account. So I'm just wondering, how does this all accumulate? I get where a traditional, you've rolled over old plans. Where did this $1 million brokerage account come from? Did you save in excess? Did you inherit money? Did you like cash out of houses? Where does it come from? Flat out savings. Flat out savings. But you're not contributing to that now. No. All right. Tell us some more stuff. Uh, You got life insurance? I do. 
it'll run out pretty soon. It's okay. about two million. Great. I looked at it a couple like a year ago. It it will. I'll stop paying for that when I'm like fifty eight, and I don't plan you don't on. It. Yeah, you don't need it any further. Yeah. Okay. How about the estate documents? Anything there? Um, I do have. We do have those documents in a will, but I need to desperately update those. Okay. So you're. That's a big reminder for me. Okay. So let's do that. Once we're done with these kids, right? So let's just say that we, let's move the clock a little bit. Let's get to, I'm not even going to deal with the house right now, but let's push forward seven, eight years. You're uh, 50, you're about to be 58, 59. When do you actually want to be able to downshift for retirement? So I dreamily would love to consider doing that around 55, but I would tell you that that doesn't mean I'm going to completely, you know, come out of the existing in the world. I, I will always have to do something, but I have had the idea of perhaps down shifting life pace a little bit um, at that time, if, you know, at all possible. Would your husband keep working? Um, I think he'd probably be in the same boat as I, however, he, I think, um, you know, his, I think his job is probably one that is probably more doable at that type of pace. Even if he has a not so great pension, would he be entitled to get health care so that we didn't have to worry about that for yes. those 10 years? We use his health care today because, right, because public health care is actually yep. a lot better sometimes than the private ones. So. so, but he would be entitled to do that. If he's left, he would say you could continue your health care for those 10 years, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now it's 55. Let's just look at that 55 to 65. Again, we're leaving the house alone for a second. All right. And at that time, the 55, well, you're, let's just say the kids are done with school. And let's just say out of the brokerage account, let's take, um, let's take a hundred grand, let's take 150 grand out of that cash account right now, because we'll pretend we've spent it. We've spent it on college. So really there's only 250 of cash. And now, so what you're saying to me is, uh, or let's just say 300 because it'll be nice and round. You'll have a million dollar brokerage account, the 1.6 in your traditional IRA, some Roth, some RSUs, some amount of money in 401ks, but the bulk of the money is in the traditional IRA, right? So now what you're asking me is from age 55 to 65, how do we create this $12,000 a month number, right? So what you could think about is you could say, um, you know, if we have $12,000 a month, we'd be willing to earn blank. Fill in the blank of what you guys would be willing to shoulder in terms of, uh, let's just call it part-time fun project. What what would the, what can I count on for you guys to want to do at that time at 55? I mean, for sure, you know, call it part-time or even, you know, if, if he stayed, you know, full-time for a while, mm -hmm. which I don't think he'd be opposed to. I could see us, you know, potentially ranging anywhere between, you know, 60 to 120,000. That's a kind of a big range, but it would probably right. depend on a number of different things. Okay. But you, let's just say this, you could commit to me, pinky yes. swear, not pinky swear. <laughs> don't worry. That you would get of the, of the 12 grand a month you need, you could get half of that. You somehow or other will figure out how to get, you know, uh, 80 grand, 90 grand tax that. And then we've got your, then we've got your six grand a month. Okay. All right. So now wh what you're asking me is, just so I'm clear, can we generate six grand a month 
from your million dollar portfolio plus your 1.6 million in tradition, let's just call it, let's call it 2.7 million. Let's just make that the number just for the heck of it. Now, if I were to do 2.7 million at a 3% withdrawal rate, that totally makes it perfect. Like uh, again, that that's in today's dollars. If you had this to do with this right now, it would be 80 grand a year. Some of that would be taxable. Some of it would not, right? Because we would be thinking about some traditional IRA, some brokerage, and you guys look pretty good. It looks okay to me. Okay. So the, the issue is for the first five years that, you know, you have a brokerage account and you would have to live on some of that. You would eventually kind of be able to dip into your retirement account, you know, so 55 to 60, then 60 to 60 to 65, kind of that's my next bogey. And then what does your social security benefit look like for you guys? Oh, I forgot to look that up. Um, give a guess. It's probably, it's probably a, my guess is how much is your, are you the bigger earner? It sounds like. Yep. What do you earn right now? 225. So that means that, you know, at your social security age, and even if we do it at 67 versus 70, you know, you really can make this. So here's your big question was when we started, are you ready for retirement or are you on track? Yes, all of this is possible. Here are the here are the cautionary issues that I see. One is the house, which is a big deal because if for some reason we have misjudged the risk on that, which is you get to 7 years from now, interest rates are way higher and you are like, "Uh, I'm not paying. I am not refinancing my uh, $500,000 mortgage at 6%. I'm not doing that. And so therefore I am now pushed into selling the house, moving to something less desirable or taking cash out of my brokerage account. And now you're risking the idea of early retirement for sure. So that's a big risk. Or I wouldn't say big, let's say yellow, again, yellow, yellow blinking light, not a red flight. Uh, the other is, I guess, I don't think this is really a big issue. It's just that, you know, in general, I think that the, the assets and the, what we're expecting in terms of like how you can make money in the future, I think that the past 10 years are going to be better investing years than the next 10 years. So it's okay. It doesn't mean that that's like the death knell. Cause I just ran the numbers at a very conservative growth rate of like where you are today. But if for some reason we're all wrong and inflation continues to be a really big problem, which it won't be, but let's just say it continues to be higher than we expect for longer and financial markets do really crappy. And then all of a sudden this base of 2.7 that I think you have is really like 2.2 and we're in a terrible period of time, things could change. But I think that's highly unlikely. So I think this is all doable. I really do. And if you're like, you've had it, like, you know, you're 50, you've put it, you've moved all over the place. You're like, damn it. Why did I work my whole life so that I could get to this place and not be where I want to be? I think you're going to be fine. And what you may even see is that the little easy things to do, like dumping a little extra money into the 529s, which could be slightly more efficient, doesn't matter. It will not make a, it will not make a difference in your lives. The only thing that I see as the big differential or scary thing is the house. And it's not even so scary because you're flexible. You're willing to make different decisions. 
I think that the opportunity to sell my house, not an issue. And I know we're in a, still in a good window that could change. I recognize that. The harder part is making the choice behind that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know, where right? are you going like, to go? Like we've talked about, you know, maybe a year ago, let's start the process of downsizing. Let's incent my kid to get out of the house. You know what I mean? Like let's start making this move. And the truth is the, the, like, if I look at the math on that, it wasn't that great. And that's been kind of the hard part as well. So I take very high caution with what you're saying on the house, on either side of this, like it's going to be a pretty big dicey element we'll have to work through when that, whenever, whatever that looks like when that time comes. But you're willing Um, to make that. In other words, I don't really care about, I don't really think that it's the hardest thing in the world to consider your options. I'm just worried. I only worry that you're willing to, and I think you are willing to. And so, um, you know, markets are dynamic. The housing market that we're in right now is not what we will see in seven years. It could be a much worse. It could be much better. And if interest rates have gone way up, then way down. And you're like, hey, you know what? I've got 500 grand. I'm going to refi at three and a half percent for fixed rate. Fine. But I just raising it as an issue that it will be something you need to consider. You do not need the equity from this house to finance the next phase. But what you need to do is just deal with the fact that we have an arm. And as long as you're willing to deal with it, I have no problem. And I'll just put this out there that if things change in the future, if somehow or other you get to age 55, all right? And you're like, oh my God, remember when we were thinking we'd have like 2.7? Well, we have four. I don't know, making this up. Like we've got a lot more money. It may be that at that time, if it's available to you, we might say, hey, now that you have, you're making a lot less money, let's start converting some of your money to Roth. Maybe. And I don't want to make it a big deal, but I would put that on a back burner kind of thing after we think about the house. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate the time um, and the feedback. Super helpful. Well, you guys have done a great job. So good luck. Stay in touch with us. Let us know. Now, if you're thinking, am I ready for retirement? Am I on the right track? We'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. And Mark does everything else, which is fantastic. Okay. So, uh, and while you're on the website, please sign up for the free weekly newsletter and subscribe to our sister broadcast, which is called Eye on Money. Then you get to hear Mark's voice all the time. It's fantastic. Okay. (sighs) Do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 